Hello everybody, welcome back to another video. Today I am here with Riptide and Riptide. Do you care to just give a brief introduction to what we're doing here? Yeah guys, hello, and I am back uh, with Mitch on itch. So what we are doing here, um, I'm very excited to announce that this is the pilot episode for a new series that we are planning going to be called the rich on itch podcast and the reason that is called rich on itch is because as a ship between riptide and mitch on itch who are the two whole hosts of the podcast here is truly but basically we have a couple of segments that we're just going to be discussing each week uh we're going to be you know discussing the latest things in the gaming community the online community specifically youtube uh a little bit of sports mix in there and we will have you know like special segments where we're going to give you an interesting fact or read our favorite comment or yeah no very exciting stuff planned yeah so we'd just like to welcome you guys to the rich on each um podcast rich on podcast sorry i, I had a, yes I had a that's what that's what it's called yes the Rich on Itch podcast. We'd like to welcome you all to the Rich on Itch podcast and Riptide. Are you ready for the first segment of this series? I am indeed ready for the first segment. So for the first segment, we are going to every week go over a quote that was said by one of us. And we're going to talk about it, you know, get into the deeper meanings of um, what we meant and maybe answer a couple questions. Like we're going to do this first week. So... Our first week's quote yes. comes from Riptide Gaming. And the question is... Here's truly. Is Riptide or Mitch more cool? Okay, so I have a very detailed explanation for this. And by the way, I'm arguing that Mitch on Itch is way cooler than Riptide Gaming. And here's why. Mitch on Itch actually posts... <laughs> And streams, and you know, you kind of need that if you you know want to go places on YouTube. Uh, Personality-wise, Mitch on Itch is cooler. Simply, you know, just based off of the fact that, <laughs> um, listen, man, you know you're smart. Okay, that's what makes you cool. You're smart. Um, so so I appreciate it, but you you yourself, you, you know you. You're cooler than you give yourself credit for. You're funny, you know. You you have a trident sometimes until you throw it off of a ledge and never see it again. Um, the demons, <laughs> <laughs> they've come back. Uh, but now nah, you you've you've had some fun series. You're a funny guy. Don't sell yourself short. Uh, yeah, man. If if you say so, old buddy, old pal. Anyway, I I think that that. Is there more to discuss about this quote? I mean, here's the thing. We we did not really settle this question at all. Guys, <laughs> tell us in the comments, is Riptide or Mitch more cool? We really want to hear your input. Uh, you know, maybe give a Google Docs link or something that's like an entire thesis uh, to support your argument because, mm -hmm. as you know, we are nothing but genuine... We, we back our statements up with nothing but genuine science and facts here on the Rich on Itch podcast. So Yeah, so, you know, let, let us know what you think. Who's cooler? The answer better be Riptide. Um, uh, no, no, Mitch on Itch. He has more subs. There's a reason for that. Even though I have 169 right now, which is, you know, well, nice. Uh, that, that's enough to make you the cooler of the two. 
but yeah let, let us know what you guys think and i feel like that's a good point to move on to the next segment <laughs> yes so next we're going to be discussing um there is an age-old problem uh in the gaming sort of uh corporation community and that gaming corporations actually have had a pretty bad problem of overworking their workers mm. um and just the way that they treat their employees uh in general yeah and on this podcast we like to spread you know some sort of awareness on that because i know before uh mitch talked to me about it or i did any sort of uh research into this that uh it is actually uh true and yeah so mitch would you like to discuss more about this okay yeah so i'm, I'm gonna just start by kind of explaining what the sort of deal is there's a problem that gaming companies have had for a long time and it's already been talked about but i figured it's a good thing that you know we can always raise more awareness about it because it's a huge problem there's a lot hmm. of gaming companies that tend to require from their employees unreasonable hours in to work for them like in the case of a, a lot of companies you end up seeing stuff like 12 hour days 13 14 hour days no paid overtime because they have to reach a due date and stuff like that and I, i've heard before that uh, some theories on where this problem sprouts from some people say that it's partially because of the gamers expecting due dates and stuff on time however in my opinion, it's it's always got to root back to the companies. Who cares about your due dates? They're the ones who set the due dates in the first place. I mean, if you're going to set a time frame, it makes sense to follow it. And these companies need to stop setting time frames that require 16 hours a day from their employees and no paid overtime and stuff like that. Like, it, when, when these companies are setting their timelines, they need to set reasonable timelines that don't require their employees to work for... 14 hours a day what, what are your thoughts on that riptide yeah so you know obviously working that long hour there's a reason that we have laws in the states against hours that long especially with no paid overtime mm -hmm. uh, and it's because people just get worn out after that and the fact that you know these companies are making their employees work that long without any sort of extra pay you know it's pretty disturbing to me and uh, when it comes to the whole game due dates and stuff, yeah, true, the the gaming community can be, you know, kind of hostile when it comes to when they expect a product, when they want it out. But, I mean, first off, that makes perfect sense. The company, you know, should be, you know, making a product. They The company should have their fans in mind. But if there's one thing that they put above their community and their fans, it's their employees. Their employees, the safety, the mental health, the well-being of their employees should definitely be the top priority. Mm -hmm. And working over hours in this case, you, you should definitely make sure that all your employees, you know, are getting proper pay, proper hours. Uh, and I mean, in the long run, you're going to end up getting a better product because of it anyway. Now, you know, it might take a month longer than you wanted, but so what, you know? Yeah. So what? Yeah, and this is actually something that's interesting to me because I, I saw a chart one time that was showing, like, the difference in pro productivity of employees throughout hours. And mm. em employees who work strictly eight hours a day and don't go over on their time and they get rest in between and stuff like that, they usually see a 
peaking their productivity around two to three hours in. But like the difference in how hard an employee works from, you know, that point of peak to hour eight, there is a steep drop off at the eighth hour of work. And when, yeah, when you're making sure. your employees work for 12, 13 hours, like it just keeps falling. And one of the problems is, is then when they come back to work the next day, the rise isn't as high. You're not going to mm -hmm. see the same level of peak performance as you do off of eight-hour days. So th there's reasons why we have an eight-hour work structure and why, you know, you're supposed to have paid overtime and stuff like that and not expect your employees to work without pay and stuff like that. So it's, it's clearly a huge problem. It's something that I, I personally think needs a lot more awareness brought to it. We need to, you know, be holding game companies accountable for this and at the same time we also need to remember when we're observing the you know release dates of games and stuff that the people behind this are still human i mean yeah like as fans and stuff like that i think we need to dial it back a little bit when it comes to how mad we get when a company misses a due date and stuff like that and i get it you know ha having a game that you think supposed to come out in summer of 2021 and then it reaches summer 2021 and they're like no we're pushing it back can be really annoying now i i think there also comes a balance here when you you can tell when a company way overestimates and says we're gonna have it out in summer 2021 and then it's not out until like 2023 that's the point that they've yeah. taken it too far the company fully deserves it if they've lost all attention to the game by the time it comes out but it, yeah. it, it's up to companies, in my opinion, to do a good job of advertising their game when it's close enough to completion that they can have a strict due date in place. Yeah, no, and um, yeah, I definitely think you're right about that. I actually like what Minecraft has done with the latest update because they've gone and said, listen, we're going to be packing a lot of stuff into the next update. Like the next update, just like, you know, the last nether update we've had two major updates in a row completely and fundamentally changed the game so they're taking the extra time not only to make sure that the product is ready when it comes out and splitting up into two uh two different updates but they're also spacing it out more um specifically one of the reasons they listed is because they wanted to make sure that their employees were okay with health because you know minecraft's a tiny bit of a different example just because of how massive they are and how many people they have working on this update but yeah. still you can appreciate that they at least you know took the time to split this update up a bit more to give their employees a bit more of a break yeah for sure and that's that, that's the sort of thing that we need to see more in the gaming community and the thing i like about how mojang did it is they're still going to be coming out with an update they, they yeah. didn't go, we're just pushing it back, we're not going to do anything. They're going, okay, we're going to split it up, we're not going to have quite as many features as promised, but we're going to push it back, and we're still going to get you all the features we promised, and we're still going to get some of them to you at the time that we said that it was going to come out, so you're not yeah, going to be Yeah, at least 50% of them. Yeah, so as a result, they did it in a way where, you know, it's not going to end up being pushed back indefinitely, we're still going to get an update in mid-2021, and stuff like that, which I, I really appreciate because it's it's annoying when a company just doesn't deliver anything. Yeah, no, Minecraft didn't go... And, like, you know, it's not like they're waiting forever to release the second part of the update. I mean, 
you know, six months is a long time or however long it is. I'm pretty sure it's going to be like five to six months between mm -hmm. the two parts of the update. But, you know, that's not an unre... It's not like three years like some game companies do. So, yeah, no, I I, I definitely applaud Minecraft on that front. And, um, yeah, guys, do a bit more uh, research into this. I know that I am definitely going to because, you know, this, this stuff just ain't right. Yeah. So... Yeah, and, and yeah. I feel like Minecraft's, you know, perspective on that is part of why they've been able to last so long, which I feel like talking about why Minecraft lasts so long brings us into a good segue into segment three, which we're, we're going to be talking a bit about Fortnite's continued decline and, you know, yeah. how, so, how it just um, keeps falling. Yeah, so I, I don't know if um, Mitch is going to put this in, but I know I'm going to. Uh, on, on, on the screen right now is... A meme that our good friend Nightmare sent to me. Link in the description below. Uh, go check him out. Great channel. Um, and basically, uh, <laughs> this meme is so true. Like, the Grim Reaper coming towards Minecraft. And, you know, Minecraft just asks, was I a good game? And then the Grim Reaper looks down at his nose and goes, oh, sorry, wrong game, turns towards Fortnite. Mm. So, essentially, guys, if you take a look at the uh, Google Trends for Fortnite in just the past 12 months, you can see that um, it hasn't been that long since it was last super relevant. I mean, it was last, you know, had very high search interest in late august of 2020 had very high search interest then but now we can see that it um its search interest has dropped by roughly 75 percent going into may uh it started to pick up a bit over the last week and what's very interesting about that is we can see that one of the biggest drops that um it's had for one, it had a pretty big drop between November and, and like, mid-November. Well, actually, no, this is just, like, late November to uh, early December. It had a big drop, but one of its biggest drops in the past 12 months happened in March. So, Mitch, why do you think that this is? Well, I, I think we have seen an exodus of gamers moving from Fortnite to other games. They They've... Like, it's hit the point where Fortnite's not releasing the sort of updates the people they want. You know, mm. Season 2 helped save them a little bit, but people got bored of it pretty quickly. Because it's, it's always been the same thing over and over and over again with Fortnite. So, as a result, people are interested in finally seeing some new games and stuff like that. And March 2021 also signifies one of the largest increases in player base for rainbow six siege which is a game i yeah. play religiously pretty much um <laughs> both, both r6 and cod warfare though those yeah, are two games that both saw spikes in march and fortnite saw a decline yeah call of duty warzone also saw a massive spike in march it's gone from being a pretty irrelevant game that almost nobody plays to as the last couple months it's been seeing trending on youtube it's been seen spikes in player base call of duty warzone has seen massive spikes now mm -hmm. one of the reasons why call of duty warzone 
hasn't seen quite as large of a spike in like PC player base, for example, is they've done a really bad job of optimizing their game for PC, which so even people with mid end computers still can't play Call of Duty Warzone well, so as a result, they they haven't seen as large of a spike as games like Siege have in yeah, PC player sucks. base. We speak from personal experience. Yeah. Yeah, I have a mid end <laughs> computer, but I couldn't play Call of Duty Warzone smoothly because it's just that poorly optimized so as a result call of duty yeah. warzone has seen a lot of the um console players move, move over to warzone and then rainbow six siege has seen a huge spike in pc gamers and stuff like that so yeah so you can go so yeah it's one of those things where fortnite has propped up to very prominent games to mm-hmm. greater success via the timing of their crash and Fortnite, you know for, people have considered Fortnite dead for quite a while but they they still frequent trending on youtube they still you know Fortnite's still been a popular game but it's just keeps seeing more and more decline as they're losing a lot of their player base without seeing new faces added in yeah yeah no minecraft or the fortnite is definitely not gone like it's not off the face of the earth it's not totally like completely utterly dead six feet under uh it, you can definitely see it's on its way out and i've definitely seen huge spikes in games like r6 and cod wars on the ones we just mentioned and some others uh even i i think i saw the other day that apex is starting to pick up again mm. um and yeah so fortnite has kind of just seen a bunch of players leave and go all these other games and yeah i think that you're definitely onto something with that mitch yeah uh because yeah something happened in march i guess where a lot of people just left for some reason whether it's to go to other battle royale games or other shooter games and I, I feel like that's a good point for us to move into segment four, which for segment yes. four, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be bringing up a, something that happened this day in the past. So in this case, it's May 19th, I believe. Is that correct, Rip Dad? Yes. Okay. May 19th is the date we're recording. It's yep. going to be coming out on a different day, but we're going to be doing it off of the day we're recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gives us a bit more freedom to move around and stuff but yeah for may 19th yeah. in 1963 martin luther king's letter from birmingham jail was published and um king used the open letter to defend his nonviolent resistance against racism and segregation it became one of the central texts for the civil rights movement in the united states yeah so that is a very cool thing that happened today i've read a bit of that uh letter because of my history book i had to read a bit of that and martin luther king great man uh for what he did to you know open people's eyes to the injustice that was going on at the time and uh one of the leaders of the civil rights movements and he was a great man kind of disagreed with him religiously on some stuff had i have different religious ideologies but he did but um but yeah, overall, can't take he... away from the great work that he did. Yeah, he was a great man who did a lot for 
his people and for this country in general yeah and yeah that's just cool that it happened on this day in 1963 mitch I believe that you have something to talk about when it comes to the Apex Legends update. Okay, yeah. So for this next segment, we're going to be talking about news going on with new games coming out, new updates, stuff like that. So in this case, a Apex Legends has seen a recent update which added an arena mode, which adds 3v3 fast-paced game mode. It's it's actually pretty cool. I, I was... I, I looked into it and I played some and stuff. It's it's a cool game mode. It's a lot of fun. I feel like I, I enjoyed it a lot more than the Battle Royale mode. It adds different tactics into an already great game. And um, it, it's a ton of fun. Now with the update, there's also been some balance issues with Lifeline becoming way overpowered in the meta right now. She has an absurd pick rate compared to other characters and also has a much larger win rate than any of the other characters in the game. Now, the company behind Apex Legends did say that they have no plans to nerf her as is. However, if things keep going pretty soon, they'll be forced to pull her down. And it's interesting because this is one of the situations where despite the fact she hasn't seen any major buffs or anything like that, due to the meta of the game changing around her and other game modes and stuff being added, it caused her to see a jump in the meta, meta despite not having any new significant buffs or abilities, which it's always interesting to observe game metas as um, Riptide knows from Brawl Stars time. But um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, meta so, is everything. So it, it'll be interesting to see how... EA moves on with Lifeline, and what we'll see for future updates, I really hope Arena sticks around. Yeah, that is uh, a very interesting thing going on there uh, with all of the balance changes and everything. I know sometimes people don't realize balancing stuff for games is super tricky. Mm -hmm. And I don't speak from experience or anything, but I have like, watched videos of people explaining it and stuff, and you have to have everything in mind. Like, okay, but if we balance this, I'll use Brawl Stars, for example, since that's, you know, a very meta-based game that you and I both know. Yep. Um, you know, if this brawler has a big nerf, will that make this brawler too overpowered, or will that make the brawler we're nerfing too weak? How does this, you know, balance chains change match up with the maps that are currently in the game. So even though I don't play Apex personally, uh, I definitely get that. Yep. Yeah. So um, and all the stuff that's going on over there. That new arena mode does sound pretty cool, actually. And also, yeah, I've I've never heard really anything bad about Apex. Like the worst response I've ever gotten from anyone who played Apex was like, "Yeah, it's okay." Yeah, Apex you know? Legends. Uh, like. I, I don't care for it as much because it's a battle royale game. I don't battle royale just yeah. aren't my type. But with the new yeah. arena mode, it's actually pretty good, and and it's it's it runs smoothly. It's it's a good game. Yeah, no, that's pretty rare for an EA game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> EA Sports to the game. Okay, and I I feel like that's a 
Good point. Since <laughs> I, we're just these segues are on fire today. Speaking mm. of EA, EA produces a bunch of sports games such as Madden, FIFA, and NBA 2K. So this is just part of the podcast where we go over uh, a bit of sports that's going on. So, uh, Mitch, the NBA has adopted a new playoff system which i find interesting so um i don't know if you kept up with ncaa tournament at all this year well actually ever i'm pretty sure that's always been a thing but this year uh i know for sure that they had play-in games so basically they take low seeded teams uh match them up against each other and whoever wins that game gets to go into the playoffs. So it's like a new first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so basically having a first round where only the bottom teams duke it out. So in that way, teams that wouldn't have been able to make it into the playoffs before can get in. And some exactly. teams that maybe would have squeaked in due to technicalities then have to play another game or two to prove that they really did earn their way into the playoffs and didn't just get to sneak in over a team who deserved it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do like what the NBA has done with their new schedule and that basically instead of there being uh, seven, you know, seven teams, I believe, eight teams for both the East and the West divisions... Uh, what's happening is they're going to have a play. They're going to have play-in games between ninth and tenth seeds, as well as the seventh and eighth seeds. Mm-hmm. So basically, whoever wins the seventh or eighth seed is going to go on and play the second seed of each conference, and the whoever wins the ninth or tenth. Um, Whoever wins the ninth or 10th battles that they're going to be having are going to go on to play the number one seed. So I think that's very interesting. And that's the thing. It sets up for upsets, too. Because you're going to have these play-in teams that, you know, are just going to barely sneak in because of the play-in. Or they could win their game by a blowout. I don't know. But then those teams are going to go on to play the one and two seeded teams. So I think that that is just an interesting way that they're doing it. Mm trying to set up for a couple of upsets and giving more teams, four more teams, a chance to be in the playoffs. I'm always been for expanding the NBA playoffs because I've always felt like for the amount of teams and the amount of games played, it's kind of short. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So, yeah, and, and unlike yeah. the NFL where you kind of have to keep the playoffs limited because if you expand it too much, you're opening for more injuries and fatigue and stuff like that. So you can't really expand it too much. In the case of the NBA, there's not as many concerns about that and you're able to expand it a lot further. Yeah, no, not nearly, not nearly as much. So uh, we do have two games going on than I'm recording this, so I guess I'll go over those real quick. First one, the play-in game is the Lakers and Golden State, which is an interesting play-in game because the Lakers won the NBA championship last year, and the Golden State Warriors are just notoriously good. So, you know, it's kind of interesting seeing them, you know, kind of in the the bottom of the barrel dwellers for the people in the playoffs, but... Yeah, I personally am hoping that Golden State wins that game because, what can I say? I I like Steph Curry. (laughs) Yeah, and then also tonight we we have the 
Bears and the Spurs playing, or the Grizzlies. I just call them the Bears. Wow. We have the Grizzlies and the Spurs playing, so we will definitely uh, keep up with that. My Pacers are playing uh, in a different game. So, yeah, I will be rooting for my Pacers in the NBA playoffs, even though I don't really watch the NBA that much. I'll probably pay a bit of attention to the playoffs, though. Next, in the NFL, this is the last thing we're going to cover for sports today. Uh, Today, the Arizona Cardinals asked the NFL to uh, retire the number 40 in honor of Pat Tillman. So if you guys don't know who Pat Tillman is, uh, he played in the NFL. And he decided to take time off from the NFL to serve in the military overseas when the U.S. started entering all the wars back in the Middle East, back in, like, what was it, early 2000s? It was, like, 1999 through 2000, basically until now. We haven't really ever left. So, yeah, he went over there to serve and was killed while he was over there. So the Cardinals have asked NFL to retire his jersey, and I am all for it. Mm-hmm. He was a good man, and I have respect for anyone who died um, in wars. So that is all we have for the sports segment today. Okay, so then now we are going to be moving on to the reading the comments section. Now, in this case, we, we don't have... We have no comment section for this. Yes. you know podcast so we're just going to be pulling up uh the comment that kind of started off this entire podcast thing yes so um let, let me just give a bit of background to this one so me so i i was doing a challenge where i was mining out a chunk i, I was seeing how fast i could go from opening a world to getting an entire chunk mined out now Riptide hopped on and he joined me for it so that I wouldn't suffer through it all by myself. Yes. And we very noble of me. And we talked for like an hour or so. So then, um, yesterday, or I guess this morning, um, Manta Ray leaves a comment saying, It's 1 a.m. And I'm sitting here thinking, You and Riptide should start a podcast. I literally listened to you guys talk for almost three hours. <laughs> Manta Ray link in the description, by the way. Go yep. check him out as well. Sorry, I got to cop out for all, <laughs> for all our friends, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just, I have to. So, we, I, I then am like, okay, I'll, I'll at least talk to Riptide about it. I've always kind of wanted to do something sort of like that. So, Me too. So, I, I send Riptide a couple messages. We talk back and forth, and we ultimately decide to do it. And we've pretty much spent the rest of the day figuring out stuff that we're going to do for it. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you, Manta, for that comment. This, I don't know about you, Mitch, but I have enjoyed this podcast so far. We'll see if our fans agree. Yeah, this has been a ton of fun. Okay. Yeah, so, yes, thank you, Manta Ray, for that comment. Now, speaking of YouTube comments, mm. Mitch, we have a bone to pick with YouTube. <laughs> so, for... The last and final segment, we're going to be talking about stuff that YouTube's done wrong, you know, stuff that they've, you know, kind of given creators the short end of the stick on stuff and Mm -hmm. all that. So for today's segment, we're going to be talking about inconsistency they've had with, like, copyright issues and stuff with the... um, 
four kids and all that and just the complete insanity that some creators have had to go through with this and just some of the absurdity that has been so i'm going to start this by just kind of talking about my own experience with this i know riptide hasn't had to deal with anything like this however i i did have um some videos which i'm going to note these videos had been out for almost a year maybe actually no like a year and a half when this happened so these videos which had been out for a year and a half I then, um, I, I start getting emails about how my videos were getting age restricted at to like 18 plus and you know, they, they were being made ineligible for ads, which I'm not, I don't have enough subscribers to run ads on stuff, but you know, it's still annoying when YouTube's restricting content that has been out for a year and a half and has no reason to be age restricted. And then, um, so then I go on to file a complaint to YouTube and go what's up with this why am I why is this a thing you know th there's no reason why these should be age restricted it's been out for a year and a half why is it just now getting age restricted even if it should be age restricted and um then I, I get an email back which was basically like yeah we're not unage restricting the content and that's pretty much all it had. It didn't have any more information. It didn't tell me why it was age restricted, blah, blah, blah. And mm. then after that, I had a couple more videos get age restricted as well. And it was super annoying. And then just uh, I check my YouTube page a couple days later and it's just gone. Like it never happened. And the thing that really annoyed me about it was two things. First off, the complete lack of information on why this stuff was getting age restricted it was, it was really random it just happened out of the blue no information you know these videos have been up for a long time and it's not like i'd seen mm -hmm. some sudden spike in popularity where my channel would suddenly be noticed by youtube so yeah. very confusing on that end and then um the other thing is they sent me an email saying that they were not going to unage restrict the content and then a couple days later just drop it no, no additional information. I didn't get an email going. We re-reviewed it and realized that we had made a mistake or anything like that. They just suddenly were like, just complete silence. No, no, no additional information. They just removed it. They pretended it never happened. Yeah, no. This is uh, YouTube's, like, I know Mitch mentioned, I haven't personally experienced random censorship or uh copyright strikes or anything like that like when i've gotten copyright striked i knew exactly what it was for without even looking at the strike um but yeah youtube has a big problem with random copyright restrictions random censorship random age restrictions and you know youtube always points to look at how many people are on our platform look how many people we have to manage and you know that that's a valid point it's hard to manage all those people and all those videos but you can assume the system's automated right like most for instance your two videos were almost definitely not reviewed by independent yeah. um you know reviewers and you're just saying they're like yeah, you have to make some sort of automation system for it. But I watched those two videos of yours. <laughs> like, you resent them to me and was like, these are age-restricted. 
So I remember watching them and just being like, there are no keywords, no trigger words, no nothing that would call for this to be age-restricted. So I'm just sitting here wondering, why is YouTube doing this? And YouTube has always had a problem with communication mm. to their creators. They always feel kind of disconnected. And this is just kind of continuing that trend with the random you know, copyright and censorship. And, you know, for us right at this point right now, this is just a hobby for us. Yeah. There are bigger channels out there that this happens to. And I'm not talking like the big, big channels, like, you know, um, PewDiePie or Mr. Beast or something like that. But, you know, like ones that are just barely monetized that have like, you know, we'll say like 400,000 subscribers, 300,000 subscribers. If this happens to them, they may have chosen YouTube as their pure source of income by that point. So when you start doing that, you're directly affecting their money. So maybe YouTube, you should take a bit more time to consider the implications of your faulty system. Yeah, and I feel That's like, all I'm saying. And, and I feel like if you have a faulty system, one thing that needs to be happening here is none of this suddenly it's pulled down just who knows what happened there needs to be you know answers for the creators even if it's an automated message that gets sent at least something that explains what's going on like you know in the case where my videos got pulled down get something sent saying you know it's been flagged by an automated system as being inappropriate or whatever that way you know then i can be aware of it and i can take the appropriate actions to you know go through it instead it just you know it, it gets pulled i don't know if somebody reviewed it and decided it was inappropriate i don't know if it was a bot or whatnot and then on top of that when it gets when you send the email saying that it's not going to be reinstated after i sent a complaint then you send an email saying it's not going to get reinstated mm -hmm. why did it get reinstated the like not even 48 hours later like, you need some consistency. When you're sending these emails to people, there needs to be some line of communication, some line of responsibility to the platform. Yeah, like, you know, people work really hard on their videos. Regardless of the amount of editing you do, just the act of recording something is draining. Mm. So when you take down a video, that is like deleting people's time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, especially so... for all the creators who don't have backups for their stuff. Like, I, I have yeah. my stuff set up to automatically upload to a second platform. That way I still have the videos if something happens, you know. If yeah, YouTube... I save all my videos. Yeah, if YouTube suddenly decides to wipe all my stuff, I'll be good. However, the thing is, not, not everybody, you know, has done that, and... I could never store all my videos on my computer. I, I don't have close to enough space. I would fill up my two terabytes of storage like six times over if I was storing all my videos. Probably more than that. And that that's not, you know, obviously you still have to have the system and the game and all of that on your computer as well. So it's not like I can have computers solely dedicated to just storing my videos. Yeah. So yeah, YouTube, uh, that's just one of the many problems YouTube needs to fix, uh, especially when it comes to trust between the content creators 
in their platform. Just one of the many things, uh, which don't worry, we will be picking on in future weeks. But anyway, guys, Mitch and I would like to thank you all so much for listening to this edition of the Rich on Itch podcast. And we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one. Bye-bye.